Morning, everyone. It is Friday, the 12th of August, end of another week, end of the first big week of results. Henry, good morning. You're on overnight for us. What have you got? Morning, Ben. I know it's a big week of results, but it's a big week of nothing as far as the index goes. Currently down 48 points, which is going to be a rise of about three or four points for the week. So lots going on, but not much going on in the surface. As far as last night goes and the Dow, we did see the Dow up 27 points, which was a little bit disappointing. At one stage, the Dow was up 342 points, had a low of 20 20 points down. So a bit more of a trading range there, 370 odd point trading range for the US markets, which started off in fine style, kicking on from that big gain previous day on the back of that better than expected CPI. We even had a better than expected PPI, which is the producer price index. But we did also see bond prices for whatever reason, they do tend to move for strange reasons. Sometimes bond prices did push back up again. So that was a little bit of a negative. And as a result, as I say, the Dow was up 27, NASDAQ was down at 75 points on the back of that bond yield rising 0.58 of a percent. Looking at commodities, the IAE did talk about oil and supply demand, which does seem to be increasing. We had the oil price up 2.3%. Base metals strong. Nickel was up 4.7%. So that was a good night for nickel and a good night for tin, up 3% there as well. Mining stocks pretty good across the board, but not really translating into our market at the moment, that's for sure. But a quietish and dull end to the week. Very nice. Thank you, Henry. Tom, is it quietish and dull in our local market as well? Thank you, Ben. Yes, a little bit dull to finish the week down 38 points, the ASX 200. As Henry mentioned, the market's on track to finish just in positive territory for the week. Energy, the only sector in positive territory. Tech and property names are the worst performers weighed down by those rising bond yields. We do have a few results out this morning. Baby Bunting, BBN, down 3% on full-year numbers. Insurance Australia Group, IAG, up 0.6%. Full-year profit in line with preliminary numbers, swinging to a profit from a loss last year. ResMed, RMD, disappointing, down 4% despite Q4 earnings per share coming in ahead of consensus and a higher dividend, US 44 cents this year versus 42 cents last year. And the ACCC has also said it will not oppose Woolworth's acquisition of online retailer My Deal. And we do have Suncorp trading ex-dividend, so that's falling a bit there. Some signposting for next week, RBA minutes on Tuesday, local wage price index and UK inflation on Wednesday, local unemployment and FOMC minutes Thursday. Thank you, Ben. Very nice. Thank you, Tom. Layden, what have you got from Brokerland? Thank you, Ben. Looking at Telstra and QBE insurance today after their results yesterday. The brokers are pretty happy with Telstra this morning. Morgan says it's felt the company has comfortably turned the corner, guiding to growth in underlying earnings. Analysts have also highlighted a decline in expenses combined with mobile earnings growth to drive underlying earnings 5% higher year on year. And recommendations out this morning are an ad overweight, neutral, and the average target price there is about 12.5% above the current market price. So similar to CBA yesterday, they're de-risked for a little while now. 
The dividend has got a 3.1% gross yield. So that's up around 6% for the year in total. Pretty safe to sort of go along with Telstra there now. And a really good response for QBE this morning. There was five updates and they're all iterations of buy or overweight with an average target price of 27% above the current share price. And brokers are really liking the outlook, mentioning a number of factors, which include underlying margin growth and GWP forecast, to name a couple of them, as well as the really strong dividend, which was ahead of consensus and broker expectations there. So some pretty good updates this morning. Thank you, Ben. Nice one. Thank you. Leighton, Henry, throw back to you for Henry's take first, and then we'll get a strategy a little bit later. Thanks, Ben. Just in my stuff today, just talking about Wiser, which had a pretty good day yesterday. Something that we talked about on Ausbiz on Wednesday with Coffee and Andrew Wyland, and I talked myself into a buy just as well. Added it to the small cap portfolio eight and a half yesterday. It's trading at 10, 10 and a half cents at the moment. So that's going pretty well. Another one is bombed out fintechs. And as has been this week's focus, I've just run through another three stocks, the last three stocks in the portfolio, which is uh, Thorny Group, Tyro and Wiser as well. Just those last three stocks. A little look at that. And an article today, I was asked by somebody on Monday night. So the course that I was doing for the school kids, which is available, I've recorded the first session as a webinar. So you can uh, tune into that. But one lady asked me, how do you know when to sell? So I wrote an article today on some of my thoughts on when to sell and how to sell because the industry does focus primarily on getting you to buy stuff, buy the dip, etc. And it's not particularly good at telling you how and when to sell. Of course, uh, traders will focus on stop losses, etc. But also just a few thoughts on how to sell and when to sell there today. So a little bit there. Also, the three o'clock shuffle, the 3 p.m. afternoon update, it seems to be working quite well. People seem to like that. So uh, I will continue to do that at 3 p.m. on Henry's Take. I will just put a little update in of anything that's attracting my interest throughout the day that requires action before the end of the day as well. So just something to bear in mind there. And AQZ, which is my takeover play, it's under threat or under takeover at the moment from Qantas, $4.75 worth of Qantas shares. I think you get a free basket of eggs as well to throw it out and Joyce if you accept the offer. They look as if the ACCC is supposed to report back on the 18th of August. So that is going to be interesting there. So currently trading at $3.38 with a $4.75 bid in Qantas shares on the table. Results were out last night. The naughty little buggers put them out at 20 past six, I suspect because it's a West Australian thing. But even so, it's still a bit um, annoying. But no mention from the company on the ACCC, but uh, Ords have got some research out this morning on that one. That's about it, Ben. Great stuff as always. Thank you, Henry. Thomas, you've got an idea for us in the ideas section. I do. Thank you, Ben. And this is Computer Share. They finished down almost 5% on results earlier in the week. That was despite earnings per share and profit both coming in ahead of consensus and guidance. One of the reasons was that there was a high bar to reach given the upgraded guidance in February, which was reaffirmed in May and the share price appreciation since then. So where to from here? Well, I found a very interesting correlation between the US 10-year bond yield and computer share share price. 
So a correlation of one indicates a perfect positive correlation, which means the variables, the two variables follow each other perfectly, identically. And computer share has a correlation with the 10-year bond yield, the US 10-year bond yield of 0.913 or 91.3%. So there's a very strong suggestion in that what happens to the US 10-year bond yield will also happen to the computer share share price. And with 150 basis points worth of rate hikes expected to come in the next few months, there is still some upside risk to the share price given we're going to see bond yields push higher, which we did last night with the, although the uh, business inflation number was softer than expected, it was still extremely high. And that's what we were talking about yesterday. Guidance was conservative, brokers like it, share price still in its long-term trading range, despite topping out, you're buying computer share at a good discount, quality business, it's a buy. Very nice, Tom. Thank you for that. Uh, it's been a good performer for us, actually, computer share. We bought it at the start of the year and just gone nicely with those rising rates. Uh, it's I've your also... baby, wasn't it, Ben? It was to start with, but you've taken a parental. I've stolen it from you. <laughs> I've chucked in a little look at Transurban ahead of their results next Thursday as well. One of the few companies with real pricing power to combat inflation with their toll prices going up by 1% or the CPI number each quarter, depending on which is higher. They're expecting brought some pretty solid results on the back of that. It's a balance between the price rises and the increasing cost of debt for them always. But coupling the inflation impacts to the toll prices with a return to travel volumes after COVID and the fixed costs on much of their debt over at least the next few years. Transurban is left with more tailwinds and headwinds in the current environment, and I would be expecting to see them continue to perform fairly solidly there. Henry, back to you for your strategy piece today, while Marcus is, I think, in Wagga, cruising <laughs> through Maverick style. Cruising through Maverick style. Yeah, it's um, good that you have been uh, writing about Transurban. It's one that I've focused on a lot in the past. Uh, has been an absolute stunner performer throughout the ructions that we've seen in the market, a bit like Telstra. It's been a great place to hide and it has been uh, a great stop for investors. And as you rightly point out, the issue with Transurban is always uh, the debt. A lot of that is fixed for the next five to, well, to five years. So uh, they have taken that risk out of it and mandated inflationary rises. And every time you go book, when you go through those toll gates and they've got monopoly positions in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, you're paying. So it's um, it's a great little stock, that one. As far as our strategy goes today, I just added a little bit there. Today, you guys are very well put in the strategy portfolios, updated all those with where we are in terms of the ideas and strategy portfolio, which is fantastic. So members can see that. But I've also just had a little bit of a, a look at calm that we're currently experiencing in the market. We certainly have become less febrile to what's going on, but just a little bit of thought on that. Could be the calm before the storm, of course. There's still some serious risks out there in terms of headwinds, uh, not least of which is the winter of discontent that will come to Europe as they uh, realise that they are still ransomed to Russian gas and that they will be facing uh, power cuts, etc., which is tough for consumers, but it's even tougher for industrial companies as well. And uh, if you've been following the weather patterns in Europe, it's bloody hot at the moment. And the levels in the Rhine have fallen quite dramatically to the point where some of it is now becoming impassable. Who cares about that? Well, unfortunately, the Germans do care because they ship a lot of stuff around on the Rhine. And being impassable means that coal and heavy goods can't be shipped along that massive river through the German industrial heartland. So that will certainly affect Germany. But at the moment, there is a calm. And certainly that is a good thing. We are, as Marcus has put in all the money, we've gone all in 
for the time being, but we can change that if things do uh, change, but certainly less febrile and less nervous than we have seen for a little while, which is a good thing. Always a good thing. Thank you, Henry. Uh, finally today, to round out the week, question of the day, as always, when do you know how to sell on the back of Henry's article? There, Henry, I might lead off with you, considering you've been writing about this yeah, thanks, Ben. It was my suggestion for question today, and I did write about it this morning. And there are a number of things highlighted in that article. As far as I'm concerned, I, I must admit, I'm a bit of a seller into strength. I'm a bit of a feeding the turkeys while they gobble, especially in hot stocks, hot sectors, because the herd is good, but the herd does move on eventually. And an old wise jobber who's a trader on the London market once said to me, you can only sell them when there's buyers. So I tend to feed the turkeys while they gobble. I may miss out on the, the, the massive gains sometimes, but but uh, it's never bad as far as I'm concerned to take some profits along the way. Not a great uh, fan of the whole hard stop loss. I've not had great experiences with that. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. Fair enough. Lane, what's your take? I think I'm going to have to read Henry's article because I definitely need some tips. I think all of the stocks that I've got in my portfolio have been positive at some stage and now I'm down on a fair few of them waiting for them to come back up so I can make a bit of money again. But yeah, I don't really have anything yet. I don't I don't have that much in my portfolio. So it's I'm sort of just holding, waiting, more of a long game. But yeah. Fair enough, Tom. This might be more of a holistic approach, but it's when the business has changed materially and diverged from why I invested initially in it. So my example is Afterpay, and I sold out when Visa entered or announced its entry into the buy now, pay later market. I thought, well, that's a big change in the narrative and the, the fabric of buy now, pay later. So that was my exit point. And I did pretty well out of it. Fair enough, Tom. I'm very similar, actually. I was thinking about Afterpay just then as a reason why I don't particularly like hard stop losses, particularly on long-term investments, similar to what Henry was saying. Afterpay was one of the first stocks I bought. And I think I was about 30% under uh, water with it early days when it fell from about three bucks to two bucks. <laughs> but luckily I didn't sell out then, but a stop loss probably would have had me. And then whether you get back in or not, who knows? And you know, I didn't, didn't write it all the way up certainly, but definitely gains there. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Tom. Example that springs to mind is the change of thesis on points bet which has been a horrid performer but i like that as soon as their grabbing of the pie in the u.s started to slow and it became kind of obvious that the amount of marketing they would need just extraordinary to keep up with the u.s competitors that was my exit point so yeah change of thesis for me too stuff guys thanks for that we'll be online for saturday tomorrow morning otherwise we'll see you here next week thank you see ya Bye. thanks guys have a great weekend yeah you too. Too, H.